0: Hello, and welcome to the Let's Learn with Wisconsin ASCD podcast. I am Rob Meyer, proudly serving as President of Wisconsin ASCD. The goal of this podcast is to keep educators informed so that they can provide the best educational opportunities possible for the students they serve. So thanks for being on this journey with us. Before we get to today's interview, I invite you to view WASCD.org professional development opportunities. If you are not already a member, please consider becoming one. We offer a $49 annual membership that provide you with discounted professional learning opportunities in person and virtual. Perhaps more importantly, you know that you are supporting our advocacy efforts on behalf of the students we all serve. Today we are joined by a good friend of Wisconsin ASCD, Mr. Pete Hall. If you were able to attend our fall conference, you had the opportunity to spend the day with Mr. Hall. He was gracious enough to sit down with us afterward to share some wisdom. In the interview, he will be discussing his newest book, Always Strive to Be a Better You, How Ordinary People Can Live Extraordinary Lives. In this book, Pete shares lessons for all of us in or outside of education to live better lives. is an experienced educator, administrator, author, and educational consultant. I can say he's a pretty fun guy just to sit down and talk with too. So without further fanfare, let's learn with Mr. Pete Hall. Hello, welcome Mr. Pete Hall. Hey, how you doing Rob? Well, well today. Thanks for sitting down with us for a little while. It's my pleasure as always So we're going to talk today about the book always strive to be a better you how ordinary people can live extraordinary lives But first for those of you that don't know you can you tell us a little bit about your educational journey how you how you came to um, Be an educational presenter um, author. Can you give us that story?
1: Sure so you know, growing up, I was always destined to be the shortstop of the Boston Red
0: Sox. I mean, that,
1: obviously, that was my journey. One at one stop or another, it got derailed. So uh, then, what I wanted to do if I couldn't play baseballs, I wanted to coach it. So I went into coaching, and i I got some some good feedback. My coaching early days in coaching youth sports. Then I thought, well, what's the closest thing to being a coach? What's well, being a teacher? So uh enrolled in graduate program got my education degree became a, a teacher never wanted to be a principal oh my god I was not <laughs> at all interested in being a, an administrator until people saw in me some skills and they said hey maybe you should be an administrator and then i started thinking wow maybe i could be an administrator so i became a principal and i just wanted to be a good principal i never wanted to be a, a public speaker i never wanted to present i never wanted to do anything like that until somebody said hey you've been really good at being a principal. Why don't you tell us your story? I'm like, I don't want to tell you my story. I just want to do it. And they said, no, seriously, tell the story. So then I became a presenter and I shared the story and they're like, you should do this. And I thought, oh man, maybe I could do this. So (laughs) it's kind of been an interesting journey as far as that's concerned that I never have really had that next thing lined up and ready. It's just something that has presented itself to me and I've taken advantage of those opportunities. So now I uh, I look back at my career work and my life work, and I've authored 12 books. I was a principal for 12 years. I've had an opportunity to visit uh, 40 plus states and work in 40 plus states and seven different countries. And it's just, I never would have expected this ever um, had I been the shortstop of the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> things would have been totally different, yeah.
0: So can you share a little bit, I know you had some success as a, as a principal uh, academically, academic results, but as well as some of the um, social-emotional results. Um, and you do a lot of work around social-emotional learning with Kristen Sowers. Can you talk a little bit about that transformation before we talk about today's book?
1: Oh, absolutely. So interestingly enough, um, I have had the really good fortune of working with amazing people, great educators, dedicated individuals, teams of people that worked super well together. And we have always tried to keep a whole child Focus on the work. And we do that through leadership by having a whole adult Mm -hmm. focus. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, when you truly are whole child driven, then the results that you see are 360 degrees. So you see, and I I don't mean the journey goes 360 degrees, (laughs) I mean it's a 360 degrees all around the entire child. So academically, you see growth, attendance, you see growth, with behaviors, you see growth. You see growth growth with um, family dynamics and strengthened relationships. and you see growth in in just about every metric you could use to assess and analyze the effectiveness or strength of a school or a community. That's what you begin to see when you are truly whole child driven. So, in my personal experiences, I've had the opportunity to work with those dedicated teams and incredible people who have insisted. That the growth is not just academic; it's not about mm-hmm. test scores. It's about developing young people to become productive grown-ups in our communities that we feel comfortable going to to change our oil, to change the valves in our hearts, you know, to, to clean our teeth or whatever it might be that we feel secure and happy with that. So that that has always been our approach, and so we've always had uh, remarkable success with that. And I, I have man, I'm forever in debt to Kristen Sowers for saying, "Hey, Pete." Um, and I know it was my idea. I said, Kristen, you should write a book. <laughs> yeah. But we'd been working together for years, and she's like, hey, Pete, let's partner together and do this work and scale it. And that is that is what has led us into this journey we're on now.
0: And I know you have, again, we're talking about I'll strive to be a better you today, but um, you know, just thank you for your contributions to education as well. You have information out there for people on instructional coaching and reflective practice, obviously trauma-sensitive schools. And now we're looking at Always Strive to Be a Better You, How Ordinary People Can Live Extraordinary Lives. So in that journey that you just shared, why this book? Why this book now? Um, so what brought you to write this book? And then we'll talk a little bit about what might be in that book.
1: Yeah, so I'm sitting with you in the same room, and I know you don't have my resume in front of me, in front of you, but it, it almost sounded like you did. So I, I appreciate <laughs> the background research, uh, and I appreciate the, the compliments. So the, the funny thing is you asked the wrong question, so not why the book now. It's why the book finally. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why the book finally? Oh my gosh! Because I <laughs> finally got it done. This this truly um, is my legacy project. I truly believe this book encapsulates who I am and the message that I want to convey and the influence that I want to have on you know the human race really. Sure. Um, and it has taken me years and years and years to to formulate the to the structure of it, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to share these messages? So in a nutshell, um, the big idea is, how do we as normal, ordinary people uh, take the next step and live a life that is happier, that is uh, stronger, that is more peaceful, that is more joy in it, that has a a greater contribution, that uh, has more impact, or whatever it might be, is somehow better, right? I call it the pursuit Mm -hmm. of er, better, stronger, faster, nicer, kinder, patienter. Or whatever. <laughs> so, hey, whatever is another err word. And this book basically is a way to share these ideas that I've um, extracted. And it has taken me five years from the conception of this is how I'm going to share it to the completion of okay, now I've written it. And so finally, it's written. You know, most education books I've written have been ten to twelve month projects. Okay. This is five plus years of truly concerted effort to make sure that it is right.
0: So five years plus, big project. What are people going to find in that book? Why why five years for it? And what are what are people going to get out of that book? You know, going beyond the title.
1: Well, the the kicker is this is not just stuff that comes out of Pete's Ed. Mm-hmm. So I have identified because most. Most books, if you look in the in the world of self-improvement and um, becoming a better human being kind of genre, a lot of them, it, it takes you to the Oprah Winfrey, the Mahatma Gandhi, the diff- people in a different stratosphere. And that's not where most of us truly aspire sure. to be. So what I have done is I have identified seven people, seven fellow travelers, nor- ordinary, normal, regular people like you and me with regular person DNA, <laughs> that i have met along the way that by all means live a rather extraordinary life and so i've sat with them i have followed them i've shadowed them i've interviewed them i've observed them and extracted from them 13 life lessons that they more or less have in common and i share those 13 lessons by telling their stories so the book is a compilation of little anecdotes and little stories um, and. Quotes and conversations and situations that get after these 13 big ideas that are replicable and applicable for all of us, no matter what we do. So personal, professional, relational, you name it, these 13 life lessons are something that we can all take and we can all put into practice immediately.
0: So those 13 lessons, how this book is written, who is the audience? Is this education specific? Is this a, something I could sit down with uh, yeah. Maeve, my better half? Um, <laughs> and, and you might want to read, read it separately that... first okay, and then perfect. get together and <laughs> perfect.
1: compare notes. Um, this is for human beings, okay, truly. And my first 10 books are education specific. they're They're in that world. Mm-hmm. The 11th book was the novel. And then this book truly is for a universal audience. So I, I wrote this for anyone, anyone that wants to get better at anything in their lives, whether it's a, a hobby or an interest or your job or a relationship or um, having a, a, a cause that you're working towards or having an impact, whatever it might be, it's for everybody.
0: So Pete, let's get to a nugget. What's When people get this book in their hands or in advance of getting it in their hands, um, what's something, a reflection point an action uh, a discussion question: What's a way that they can get get started with what you've put together in this book?
1: Um, well, that's a that's a kind of a two part question. Uh, getting started really is, and that's really interesting because one of the chapters towards the end, one of the lessons is put your feet on the floor. Mm. It's it's the only way to soar. And the point of that little nugget is when your alarm clock goes off, go put your feet on the floor get going. If, if you're going to do something, if you're going to start doing something, quit hemming and hawing, quit talking about it, quit thinking about it, go do it. And so many of us, and I wonder how many people listening to this can relate to this, press the snooze button,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And And beyond the direct application of the snooze button and how it does nothing to help us Get because it takes 30 to 45 minutes to hit REM sleep. So you're not going to get more rested by staying in bed for nine minutes. Some people say it helps them warm up for the day or whatever it might be. Metaphorically, when you press the snooze button, it's delaying your progress. So the idea is when it's time to make a decision, when it's time to take action, make the decision, take the action, get going, get after it. And that's that's one of the ending chapter um, lessons because... All the other stuff have led up to it and now it's time to get going now it's time to get after it and get and get going kind of reminds me of stephen covey's book the seven habits of highly effective people where chapter three i believe is titled put first things first it's like if putting first first things first is chapter three then what was chapter (laughs) one and two but sometimes you have to be prepared to do what you're going to do to then go and do it
0: i think that it educationally speaks to me a lot about like the the knowing doing gap too, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we learn a lot when I lead professional development or participate in it, we talk a lot about like, don't leave the knowledge in the room, right. go and do. So you're talking about going and doing, right? Yeah. And you know,
1: this won't surprise you because you know my background with mm-hmm. reflective practice that you can know everything in the world mm-hmm. if you don't apply it. It doesn't make a lick of difference. And the way that you go from knowing to doing something is by reflecting and being strategic and taking intentional, deliberate steps towards that implementation. So you have to be keyed in intellectually and reflectively, so that you can make the decisions you want to make and take the right actions that move you forward. So there is embedded in this book a ton of reflective prompts. It is. Desi- it was originally designed to be kind of a workbook, kind sure. of a work, and that didn't really fit the. The, the mode of what we're trying to do. So there are reflective questions and there are a lot of opportunities for you to go online, for instance, and access a template or access an additional tool that helps you reflect on and understand yourself and the concepts a little bit better uh, because that that mental part is a huge part of any kind of shift, any kind of change.
0: Any other nuggets from the book or any other context for the book you think <clears throat> those listening right now should should know or be looking forward to when they get it in their hands?
1: Well, you know, um, I think that there's a lot to look forward to. I would love to just—I yeah, least, least, <laughs> share that. Um, you're going to read about Plato and Plato's asymptote. You'll hear about that a little bit. There's a teaser. Um, one of the, the key lessons is called Behold the Cardinal. And you know, I'll just tell you the, the quick, quick and dirty story. Go for the it. Cardinal. Go. You look like you wanted to Yes. Go. So the... Uh, <laughs> The idea of the cardinal in, in several Native American tribes lore, the cardinal held a very esteemed, revered spot. Right, The cardinal was a, a, a bird to behold. And one in particular that I'm particularly fond of is that the cardinal would appear when your vocation and your passion intersect. So when you're doing what you love or when you love what you do, the, the cardinal appears as if to say, yeah, this is your thing. Pay attention. And honest to goodness, this is a true story. That when I was kind of going back and forth about, well, how am I going to write this book? How am I going to share these big ideas? How am I going to do this? I was running on a trail outside of Columbia, South Carolina. You know, one of those trails where there's little signs on the side that say, "Stay out of water, beware of gators." Okay. Right? I was running on one of those. I'm like, the one I that I would not I run to, on. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be this close <laughs> to the water. So I kind of, I took a left turn and I went into more into the woods, and I heard a sound in the underbrush, and I stopped. going on and there was a cardinal flitting about in the in the bushes and I saw the flashes of red and the green and I'm like Mm -hmm. okay there's the cardinal then I started thinking about this okay so I'm running is not my passion and my vocation it was just something I was interested in I'm like that's not it what was I thinking about when that cardinal appeared because that cardinal Mm -hmm. appeared for a reason so what was going on in my mind and I was like oh my gosh I was just thinking it shouldn't be your voice all the time pete you're not the the expert on how to live a happy productive successful life necessarily could you share other people's stories what are other people doing and rather than go to the high stratosphere so it was this model that i came up with the cardinal appeared while i was thinking about it and considering it while i was running i'm like that's it that's how i'm going to write this book so behold the cardinal is a way for us to be attuned to the possibility that the cardinal may appear at any given moment. And it could be what you're doing. It could be who you're with. It could be what you're thinking about. It could be what you're wrestling with. It could be the song that you're singing. Something about that moment you want to kind of push pause and pay attention to and say, what is it? What's going on right now? Because that might be the signal you need to heed.
0: So Pete, you've written a number of books. This is number 12, right? Yeah, coming out shortly. Dirty, dirty does it. So just switching a lens and stepping away from the book a little bit, after writing 12 books, um, most of those education-related, and we on this podcast interview educational leaders, um, authors, if somebody has an idea, because you've written for different publishers, so if somebody has an idea and thinks like, my school or I I have a story to, to share, how would you recommend maybe somebody start to look to publish an article or to look to... Um, write a write a book. Because I think, you know, we all, we need to be very intentional about our work. So we need to hear and see what other schools are doing. We need to hear those good ideas so that we can be uh, intentional about what fits in our plans yeah. for the advancement of our schools for our kids.
1: And oh, that's a great, a great question. Because a lot of times uh, education, the education field has really struggled with uh, being reluctant to kind of beat its own drum mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're doing right. good things. Yes, we're doing good things. And Part of that is because we get bashed in the media a lot that the educators don't do what they're supposed to do, don't do as well as they could do, as our education system has always been failing. I mean, there has never been a public report that has come out to say, you know what, we're doing great. (laughs) And there are things that we do that are great. And there's a lot of things that we do that are great. So we should be willing to share those stories. And we have to be willing to kind of put ourselves out there and say, hey, this is a great idea. Let's share it. So when it comes to writing and sharing those stories, there are stepping stones to book. You don't just jump right into mm-hmm. book, usually. most Some folks do. Most folks take the steps that go from kind of blogging about it to find out what's resonating with readers or other educators and what are ideas worth expanding on to then, like you said, moving to maybe an article. So a blog could be four or 500 words, up to 1,000 words or so. An article could be 1,500 to 2,500 words where you go a little bit deeper. And now you're incorporating a little bit more research into it. And then you're finding out, well, what, what is really, can I, do you have a, an idea that really can impact the profession? And do you have a voice that is compelling? So are folks interested in reading what you're writing? Are they interested in hearing about it? And is the idea going to somehow profoundly impact and increase effectiveness of their lives or their practice? So if you've got those two things, take the stepping stones towards blog to an article to then maybe a chapter in a book Mm -hmm. to then maybe writing and expanding upon it and writing a full book. And I would strongly recommend go online and look at the publisher's kind of guides for this is what we look for in a manuscript. This is what, this is the style, this is the topics, these are the ideas, these are the things, because that will inform you of how to keep it focused enough and broad enough so that the, the reading audience Will appreciate what they're reading and they'll they'll read it and they'll say things like you know that was well written it was understandable it was it was uh comfortable to read and it impacted my practice it forced me to change the way i think which forced me to change the way i do business
0: with that you do business in a in a few different areas uh supporting schools as i mentioned before you support the reflective practitioner uh used a lot of your work for instructional coaches uh, leadership development, uh, social emotional learning, um, and when we when we look at that, how can um, if you're part of a, a school's focused plan, how can they uh, bring you in to work with them? Uh, how can they follow your work? So how can people connect with uh, Pete Hall?
1: Well, um, I'm I'm limitedly active on social media. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so I, on Twitter, I'm at Education Hall. And I'm active on LinkedIn as well. I'm building that up. Uh, My education work is housed in two different places. So the the leadership development, the instructional coaching, that kind of work is uh, you can find at educationhall.com. And then the trauma-invested practice and the work that I've done with Kristen Sowers you'll find at fosteringresilientlearners.org. That's the title of our first book together, fosteringresilientlearners.org. And then uh, my new venture is to go out into the world beyond education and to mm-hmm. work in corporate settings and to work with small businesses and to work with individuals and do coaching and executive coaching and life coaching, that kind of stuff. And all that work is housed at strivess.com, which is the name of my our new business, Strive Success Solutions. So that actually that business will actually have a, a Facebook page okay. as well. And I'm kind of averse to them. So <laughs> And I I think it's important to be able to appeal to a variety of different audiences. I mean, the whole idea comes back to do you have a message and can you share it in a compelling way? Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that over the years I've collected messages to share and I truly try uh, to share in a compelling way. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that's what's happening and I'm hopeful that folks will find that the way that I share the message is in a compelling way that instigates change and inspires people to move and pursue their own her.
0: Pete, thanks again for uh, your work in education, your contributions. I know many people that they've helped uh, across the country, uh, but particularly you've done some work with Wisconsin ASCD for a number of years mm-hmm. um, that presented some workshops on social emotional learning um, on reflective practice and uh, leadership development. So thank you for that work. But before we let you go, Mm -hmm. a couple end-of-podcast questions here. Get your thoughts. ready. Um, Don't worry. We will compare you against the other answers we get from other guests. (laughs) Uh, So uh, what was your favorite subject in school and why?
1: You know, weird as this might sound for someone who's published 12 books, my favorite (laughs) subject in school was writing. And here's the funny thing about that is I had teachers who told me, I don't know how good of a writer you are. I also had teachers who said, you're a fabulous writer. And I had parents who said, you're a fabulous writer. And I go back and I read some of the stuff that I wrote when I was a little kid. And it was terrible. <laughs> and, but it doesn't matter, right? When it comes to writing development, it's just, just write, mm-hmm. right? Just write and write and write. And first drafts of things. I mean, I journaled. I was one of those kids that journaled through high school. I journaled through college. I mean, just about every day, I wrote. I wrote stories about uh, bears and and deer and, animals when I was a kid and stuffed animals, right? And they had adventures. And uh, I wrote a James Bond story when I was a kid. I wrote, I, I loved Stephen King. So I tried to write when I was in high school, you know, mysteries. One is called Green Eyes. Anyway, so the whole idea is you just write. If you want to become a writer, just write and write and write. And if you want to become a mathematician and then, then just do math and do math and do math and be a scientist, just do science, right? <laughs> and just do that. You don't have to get it right all the time. You don't have to be perfect at it. If there's a passion there, follow the passion.
0: I think there's incredible power in writing, not to get away too far from the end of podcast questions, but just bringing up writing. Uh, Doug Reeves, when he wrote Equity and Excellence, hmm. um, there's different parts of that book, but the first one, the first part that says you know, what the uh, high, high-performing high schools do um, as far as instructional strategies, so not how they're set up, but they're set up as a PLC, right? There are these different elements, but the first instructional strategy is write more often. It's that yeah. simple, right? Because that yeah. entails so many different Um, parts of the brain, right? And and ways that we learn. So it's not only the writing, it's the the thinking behind that and articulating things. Somebody
1: once uh, referred to writing as the great synthesizer. Okay. Right. It brings everything together in our heads. So I've always embraced that. Well,
0: and seems like that's fitting for you. So next question, when you're not engaged with work, what's your hobby? What's, What's Pete Hall doing out in the world? Oh man, you know, I'm probably riding my mountain bike. Going up in the hills. So I live in Idaho. Mm-hmm. We got lots of
1: hills. We got lots of uh, trails, and I take my mountain bike up. I love to go up in the trails and then find a paved road to come down. <laughs> but you know those <laughs> single track. It's too many broken no, clavicles yeah. out there. So I'm probably out there, and I'm I'm just riding, and I appreciate the peace and the quiet, and um, I'm hoping to encounter moose or elk or some kind of critters while I'm up there, and that that is just serenity and it's it's kind of something that brings me back to center and i just love being
0: out there. Well, remember which break is the front bake and break and what uh, when I made that one. mistake yeah. before. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, last question, uh, Pete Hall, who is someone you would like to celebrate and why in education and even outside of education, but you know, i we got to put good vibes out in the world and make people make sure people know that they're doing good work, groups of people, individual um, who's somebody you want to yeah. celebrate?
1: You know, I'm gonna go personal on this one. I'm gonna celebrate my boy, Reno. Uh, He turned 30 this past year. He's getting married uh, coming up here and he's never been happier. So, as a parent, you know, that's really all you want for your kids be happy, right? And they don't have to move out. They, Mm -hmm. you know, they can stay home. He, not that he stayed home, he would, I still have one at home. She's 20. Uh, We haven't jettisoned her yet. (laughs) But he's as happy as he can be and he's productive and he's got a job that has you know, benefits and retirement and all this. So I feel secure and happy with his future. And I just love the fact that he's happy right now. So I'm a shout
0: out my boy, Reno. Reno celebrated today. Thanks very much. Thanks, Pete Hall, for joining us. We look forward to... What comes next for you? Do you have any tidbits besides what's coming? Anything coming next? Anything down the pipe? Anything up the sleeve? No pressure.
1: Well, you know, besides the new book, I'm so consumed yep. with that. that uh, <laughs> that's that's as far as my horizon goes right now. And I'm going to just go with that.
0: Well, and launching the company that that goes with too. Yeah, to so
1: it's uh, kind of a two for one. Versus, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Thank Thanks you.
0: again for joining us. Uh, and again, we look forward to continuing following your work. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to visit wascd.org to view our upcoming professional learning events. Have a great day and remember, you have the power to do epic things for the students you serve.